Hello everyone and welcome to episode 4 of the Time In Podcast. I am today's host, Bundy, and I am joined, as usual, by Craig. How are you, Craig? How are you doing, my man? I'm all good. Good, good, good. And you, in? How are you? Not too bad, thanks. I'm sweating. Ah, it has been nice weather. It has been. Um, so, today's topic is going to be a travel slash culture, because, you know, you can't have really one route or the other, so we're going to be doing a bit of both. Um, I'm going to be looking at uh, obviously a number of different things, so hopefully we won't go off on too many tangents and we'll kind of stick, stick to the, the topic, but it is me that's the base host, so anything <laughs> can happen. Um, as you should all know from the previous episodes, um, we have our socials, Twitter, Instagram, and potentially YouTube. Um, I'm hoping that we are, by the time you're listening, we will have our um, iTunes and hopefully Spotify up and running possibly. Uh, but we will keep you guys up to date on Twitter, Instagram, and potentially YouTube. Craig, what's Instagram? Instagram is Time In Podcast. Um, if you want to search for the direct route, it's time underscore in underscore podcast. Uh, as we get gradual more episodes up, there'll be a bit more activity on there as well. Nice, and you hit me with it, well. I believe it's at Time In Podcast 1. Correct. I was testing you, though, because usually... It's putting you on the spot. Usually it was me, and I was like, I was going to say it, and I was like, nah, you always coming to you. Nah, so hopefully you guys can all uh, have a quick uh, gander and let us know what you think of each episode. Uh, if there is any feedback or what you would like to see or what you would like to not see, then please let us know and we will always be looking to take that on board and hopefully adapt and change to what you guys like as well. Um, without further ado, let's get right into the video. <laughs> you could, you could, you could not resist, could you? You could nah, not resist. I could not. So, um, travel culture, obviously, it's a big um, and very broad uh, subject, but the reason I picked it is, is for me, travel, uh, especially, has, has certainly been a passion of mine for quite a long time. Uh, I'm quite lucky to have been to a number of places. Um, I've got a few favourites, um, but, you know, each time I go somewhere new, it's, it's, it's always interesting and it can easily become a favourite. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you think. Eh? Like the whole kind of travel slash culture kind of area. Well, there's not much happening at the moment, is there? <laughs> but um, no. To be honest, I love seeing different ways of life, different ways in which people approach their day-to-day actions. Um, I touched on this with you previously, but for me, the Japanese culture, um, mm-hmm. I really, really relate with. Not in the sense that. We're like that in the UK because we're totally not. But I love the sense of respect that they have for mm. one another. Um, there is masses and masses of respect. Um, but I also, I know it sounds really strange, but I find it almost very clean, the way in which they act and approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're bigger, they're bigger like personal space and stuff. Eh? Like they hate, like, you wouldn't just like, what, in, in Japanese culture, you wouldn't really see somebody walking up and like, like grabbing their hand and like bumping into them kind of thing is like a greeting, um, or like even like fist bumps and that. Usually, like it is a bit more traditional, um, depending on what area. Do you know what's crazy as well is that when you look at the side that I totally agree with you, they like to keep space, etc. But when it comes to public transport, oh my god, 
have you seen like the cramming people into trains? It's ridiculous. It's insane, man. Like I, I was down in London just before all this lockdown kicked off, and I was on the tubes at five o'clock, and um, I, I get quite anxious and um, tight spaces and whatnot. I don't, I don't like people in my space, and it was easily one of the worst experiences of my life. But that's one. 10 from what these guys experienced in Japan. Like, you, you, you um, see, like, and, like, I always thought it was like a joke, but there actually is, like, like the conductors and such will literally push you to get you in, like, oh, to, yeah. to, to yeah. like and I'm like, what? Oh, it's, wild. Uh, it's, it's, it's madness, but I, I actually work for a Japanese company, so it's a bit, maybe a bit obvious that I was going to talk about um, sort of Japanese culture, but it's the respect side for me. Um, I really, really enjoy it. It's not somewhere I've travelled to, um, if it was travel-wise for me, I love the Greek islands, um, as does my family. Corfu is one of my place, favourite places in the world. Um, there's a little seaside village there called Cassiope, and it's just the mm. quietest little part of the world. They just do their own thing. They're all little little shops, little restaurants, totally laid back. There's no real hostility. Um, it's just a little piece of quiet that you don't get much through our way. So I'll I'll probably digress into it a bit later, but I'd, yeah, certainly Japanese culture for me. But if I could choose anywhere to travel permanently, it'd probably be Greece. Nice. You and what's your uh, what's your views on the whole kind of travel slash culture? Um, I'd I'd probably have to split it in two, similar to what Craig's done. I mean, it's not somewhere I've been, but Cuba fascinates me the way you go there and it's cars from America from 50s and stuff and 60s, I love that. <laughs> the fact that some of them are still running, I mean, I think about how many cars have been scrapped in America, yet they're still using the same cars over in Cuba, some of them are running on boat engines, that's, to me, that's, that's mad. just a great culture to have, it just seems like a lovely place, it's, it's definitely on the list on me, that sort of fix it before you go out and get a new one sort of attitude, I, re- I really like that, I like that yeah. going there, um, but in terms of travel, I'd, I'd probably say more Western Europe, but the countries like um, Spain and, and France, I, I really like all those places, and, and Prague, for example, I love Prague, um, mm. so Czech Republic, but I, that, that, that sort of area, that's, for me, that's just some of the nicest places you can, you can go on holiday, and, and such stark differences, despite the fact you're not travelling a great distance, if you know. Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? I love, I love that, and the fact that each country has its own history, even the style of the buildings and, and the way the, the cities are laid out varies significantly. Two things you forgot about Cuba though, Cigar. rum and cigars. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, you've sold it to me if you said they two things. Well, aye, it's, I'd be more interested in but, I mean, you can get cigars here. <laughs> I will. The thing is, right, it's like it's one of the ones where you can then you can be like in literally like a 50s, 60s lowrider style kind of car with rum and a cigar. <laughs> I know. What about you, Bundy? Um, I, I, like I've got a really like soft spot travel wise for Italy. Um, I love all things Italian. Um, like food primarily for me is is what makes it, but. Um, I've been to a few places in Italy where I've thought or I've heard, you know, certain things about it, and it's just kind of like exceeded expectations. Um, there's even been um, the kind of highlight was when we went to Sorrento, Positano, and Amalfi, um, three like like places that a lot of people like talk about wanting to go and that kind of stuff. Luckily, I got to go, and it's like 
you see it in like all these like, pictures that's on like travel porn websites and that. <laughs> but um, it literally looks exactly like it. It's unbelievable. And it's just you just kind of like you have to look at it and think like, how is this a place on earth? Like this isn't right. There's a like a bit. There's a bit in um in a mouthful. There's a big like horseshoe cove. So it's like a tiny wee entrance, but then it opens up into like almost like a like a circle, hence the horseshoe kind of thing, and um, and it's like a beach, and then it's always usually pretty still because of that tiny wee entrance. So the water is usually quite calm, and it's amazing to go snorkeling in. So like even though you wouldn't usually think of going to LA and, and doing much apart from drinking and eating, it's got like loads of stuff like snorkeling, obviously it's got loads of history and stuff like that, which is really cool. Um, Culture-wise, I really like, um, kind of similar to you, Craig, I do like Japanese culture, um, but I would say overall, <sighs> difficult one, I really like... What about the Italian culture, because that's got that great sense what, of family is the most important, all about sitting that's, around that's the what, table having a meal together, like, do you know what I mean? Because uh, that's what I'm thinking, because it is a toss-up between probably Japan culture, Japanese culture, sorry, and, and Italian culture, because uh, in Japan where you've got like certain things like you've already mentioned, and then the fact that you can, like, words like Taicho can be like captain and, and master and sensei and teacher and stuff like that, where it's like really diverse that way, where uh, like there's so many like interesting things about it, but at the same time, like, like you say, like, in Italy, like, I remember we were in a... Um, in a restaurant that our like tour guide took us to, and um, he was like, he was like, oh, like, let's go, like we can go in here. You really like it, blah blah. And if you hadn't, if if you didn't stay like where this guy obviously stays in this village, you wouldn't have known this was a restaurant. And um, they, like they came over and they were like, what do you want? Uh, and an Italian accent, obviously. And we were, and I was like, oh, can I see the menu? And they're like, there is no menu. And I was like. Okay, cool. And she was like, what, what do you like? What do you eat? And I'll just, we'll make it for you. And I was like, cool. And then I was like, and then I said, like, I'm vegetarian. She's like, oh, come here. And then walked to this, like, normal wooden door that you think is going to go to another part of the house, opened it. It was like a green, greenhouse built onto it. And it was just every vegetable and, and, and different, like, parts of greenhouses. So, like, one like, would be even hotter than the normal greenhouse. Some would be, like, cooled and stuff. And she was just, I was just at a point, and I was like, asparagus, potatoes. I want broccoli, I want cauliflower, I want like chilies, like everything. And she just made so many different plates of food. I could not name a single one because I don't think there are even actually names for them. Uh, and it was me, uh, my mum, my dad, and then we had my uncle, auntie, and uh, cousin. And for the six years, we had that much food that came in nearly £300. So God knows what it was in euros at that time. But it was worth every single fucking penny. Like it was it actually really amazing and, to be able to freestyle like that. Just let someone come in and pick it. Oh, it's almost and then in your head create a dish out of it and find the best way of cooking it. Unbelievable, man! Yes. It was just and it was it was like that culture, like you said, cake of just sitting down and like they would like you would finish like or be close to finishing, and someone would bring another plate of something <laughs> or the <laughs> same thing but more, and, like, and you'd just be like, thank you. <laughs> but because like it's and it's. It's kind of long and drawn out, so we were there for probably the best part of four hours. And it's like, it, it, it did not seem like four hours at all. And it was just the fact that 
they came and it was like two bottles of wine at each part of the table. So the top of the table had two, the bottom of the table were two, and it was like mainly like red and white, or if you asked for rosy or whatever else, then they would bring it. But um, like it was weird because like it had like a really weird label on it, and I remember my my mum asked like where is this wine from? It's really good, and she was like, oh, there's a prison in this village, and as part of the rehabilitation, the prisoners make the wine. And I was like, what? That's mad. So they, uh, they go through the whole thing. There's a proper like distillery or whatever you can call that for wine, and they make the wine. The winery. And then, uh, winery. Um, and they they make everything, and they even like go, go as far down as like, like stamping the grapes themselves and stuff like that, which is which is quite quite cool, and it, it says a lot about the culture as well, where you're actually involving people who have committed crimes and stuff in order to make money for the community again. And it's no real punishment because they're learning something from it as well. And that's what the woman was saying is like there's been quite a few people out and then got yeah. jobs and vineyards. Which is really cool. Yeah. See uh, see just what you're touching on about going to a restaurant and there not being a menu. So like from my side oh. of things, um I obviously work with more within the drinks industry. I know you're more passionate about food, uh, Bundy, but hmm. It, people pay for the experience and I see it a lot with guys that I work with in the, the drinks trade and there's so many well-known sort of cocktails that people determine before where they're going to go, right, I'm going to go in and have a mojito on a warm day or mm. I only like espresso martinis or etc. But the most talented bartender guys that I've seen, because it is a trade when you see the top tier quality, They'll literally pick your palate mm. and say, "So, do you prefer more soft, bitter? Do you prefer this sort of contrast for fruit or flavour?" And it's mental how they can make your drink determined on <laughs> just right. gathering some information. It sounds totally similar to what you've experienced in Italy. That's when you know you're somewhere special because there's nothing worse than going in somewhere and they say, "This is our specials. This is our standard drinks list." There you go, because that doesn't give you the experience. Someone actually dedicating and making something to your exact taste, that's when you know you've hit the spot. Pretty real. So I'm very, je- yeah, I'm very jealous, mate, because Italian food is sublime. That's kind of, it's funny you say it, because that's pretty much how I discovered that Bramble being my favourite drink, because I was talking to the, the guy who I was a mixologist, because not a bomb, a mixologist, and um, <laughs> he was, he was, um, he was just talking, and but like, I had ordered like three different drinks, because I was, I wanted to like, because you know what it's like, like especially like where we live in Scotland, right? You can go to like one bar, order like a a mojito, and it'll be amazing. You can go to the second one, order another mojito, it'll be shit. So like I usually will order like multiple different cocktails, or like two or three different ones, just to see what one's best, then stick with one. And then um, he was like, "Oh, take it, you like those?" And I was like, "Ah," and he was like, "It seems like you really like like a bramble." And I was like, "Oh, I've never heard of them." He was like, "Yeah, I'll make you one." And I was like, "All right, cool." And I was like, oh my fucking god, this is amazing. <laughs> so that was really cool. Not to go, not to go too off subject, but I always challenge when people are around at mine, we've kind of converted our kitchen into a bar. Um, and when I say bar, it's like full on herbs, the whole lot. It's not just a couple of bottles. Um, and I always take the challenge when someone says, oh, I really don't like vodka. Or I had one that was actually my neighbours the other day. And they're like, oh, I can't drink tequila. I take that as a challenge because if you combine it with flavours that people mm. enjoy, um, you can you can make people like anything, and to be honest, that's that's when you know you've got a really good cook as well when they can do that. Um, but yeah, I don't want to digress too much because I could talk about drinks all day, and this is about travel I culture. I know because it's, it's I'm the same as 
because like I could tell you every single thing that I ate on that single night and I had a, and I probably ate four times my body weight but I will not digress it. Mate, do not spare money when it comes to food. For me, my dad and I every year for a birthday go to a restaurant called Chip in the Shorn Leaf um, just near Edinburgh. Uh, it's a seafood restaurant, and we have a shellfish platter, which is about £100 for two for lunch, which is pretty damn expensive. But it's uh, by mm-hmm. far the best seafood I've had in Scotland. It's unbelievable. So I don't think you should spare money when it comes to food, but obviously it should be a treat. It's not something you're going to do every week. Uh, food, definitely. You'll get a burger, but burgers will only ever get so good in my opinion. Yeah, yeah okay, fair enough. Seafood steaks, then I think you can maybe go a bit wild with those. Hmm. No, I think that's fair. It's the same with like, because um, like, like, like you say, you and like, and there's so many like, like different like, like it's kind of like similar to cultures because you would you would go to like America, and you've got like places like the Heart Attack Grill and stuff like that where like they will combine such different things because that's like in their culture kind of thing. Like they, that's like their style of cooking is kind of like taking all these different places. Like if you go to Louisiana. And you have like whatever is the kind of local dish down there, and then even if you go all the way up to Minnesota and have their version of their local dish, it's going to be two completely different things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's nuts how like your culture can also affect things like food and drink. Oh, I think it's similar to like um, in the food that you get in area. Ah, exactly, and it's it's uh, like so, like you were mentioning you in Prague. Um, I don't know, Craig, have you been to Prague? I've not been to Prague, mate. No. I know, I know you and has and I have, and um, it's really weird because like when you go, it's loads of like kind of like almost like goulash kind of types of food that they eat locally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you and did you ever did you try any of the local stuff or? Yeah, it was. I, I didn't actually know what it was. It wasn't me that ordered it, but tried it and we, we almost treated it like tapas, where we all got different dishes and we just shared it. But it was it was really nice. Mm. It was quite it was quite a. It was almost like a rich tomato sauce with meat through it, but it was really good. Mm. Uh, it's kind of because that's that's the one thing I noticed about 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 Prague as well is that when you go, it is very much things that we would consider like stews or casseroles and stuff like that, almost kind of cooking, um, mm. and that is their kind of style. And you can even get like soup that's served like in a roll. Oh my god, it's that sounds amazing. Got the, um, what are they called? It's like a. Uh, it looks like a cone, but it's like a donut. Oh, um, oh, oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Worth good to try that. It's like a... You know what I mean? It's covered in... Oh my god, like I don't a, know what it's called. It's like a churro wrapped up and joined into a cone, so it's like a big cylinder and they fill it with Nutella and ice cream. One of, one of the other <laughs> good things about Prague was every bar you went to had... Trinlink. At least... What is it? A Trinlink. <laughs> Couldn't tell you that if I'd tried it. <laughs> <laughs> Never got to come. It wasn't even close to what I was thinking. But, uh, aye, every bar you go into has double beer fonts, and they've got at least six. And every pub you go to go to has a different six. It was, it was quite good for that. Mm. Nice. Do you not? Do you not love when cultures diverse with each other when they mix together? For example. I'm going to go back to the Japanese side of things. So Japan is known for so many great things, but one thing they actually took from us in Scotland was that they took a process for distilling whiskey and spirits. And they actually learned from some of the best people within Scotland about a process or history behind that. And then they incorporated that into their own culture and they now produce their own Japanese whiskey. Mm. 
Um, I love when I see it with like local dishes when you see a Scottish chef, but they excel in Italian cooking or whatnot. And I love when they put like the own mm. sort of twist on like what could be a traditional Italian dish, but with um, some sort of Scottish thing added to it. Don't say haggis, but um, do you know what I mean? I love seeing that sort of thing. <laughs> a haggis lasagna, but um, I love seeing that as well. And again, I'll try not to go into too much of the drink side of things, but you see with drinks all the time. Um, and I love seeing people put their own twist on both food and drink when you travel as well. There used to be a restaurant in, in um, close to where we stay, Craig, right? Um, and it, it was literally, it called itself like a Scottish restaurant with an Italian heart, if that makes sense. Was there kind of like slogan on it? And, and they used to make like like we would have like certain dishes that are like that are kind of like classics. Like you would have like maybe like a like lamb chops with like with potatoes and whatever else. But they would do it so like you would have like amaretti biscuits and licorice dust kind of crushed on, and they like mixed it and like oh it's so good, eh? so so good. Hmm. It's just turning into a food and drink episode. I'm now starving and thirsty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, Martin, um, keep keep us going. Nah, but uh, but it's, 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 that is the thing because it's like, and that's why I, I put like travel slash culture because I think culture can be like a, a different kind of phrase for most of the people because it can be your own personal culture, it can be the culture of a group, like culture of food, drinks, blah blah. So I think it is like a very very broad kind of thing. Um, one thing I did want to know, however, was in terms of like places that you would like to go. I know obviously Craig, you kinda of said Japan. Um you I don't know you were saying that there's like a, quite a few places that you would like to go. Is, is there ever been somewhere that you would that you've thought like I don't think I would like to go there because their culture's a bit wild or like a culture that would maybe I, I would suppose would like clash with yours almost would is there a, such a place or do you want to go first with this one, you Um yeah, go on. Uh, for me, anywhere that goes above around 35 degrees Celsius is pretty much a no-go. Um, I've so <laughs> crabbit and money when it's far too hot and I'm, I'm struggling in, at home at the moment. It's maybe 19, 20 if you're lucky. <laughs> it's, no, really hot countries don't... I mean, aspects of it appeal to me, don't get me wrong, like a safari seems great, but... Just the thought of that kind of temperature kills me, so probably anything near the equator, maybe Australia's probably too hot for me as well. Hot, humid, just not my thing. Yeah, humidity is killer, like, definitely. Mine's is probably really similar. I, I struggle in really warm heats as well, and it just makes me really tired and sluggish. Mm-hmm. And I find that I can't really do anything, with the exception, obviously, of I'm snorkeling or swimming or whatever it is. Um, yes, anything like that, but a bit of a twist, and this is nothing against India as a whole. Um, they have one of the vastest cultures probably in the world, but for me, I cannot take to spicy food. I cannot take to, I cannot <laughs> take to spicy food. Um, we'll not go down why, but um, I can't I can't I can't eat spicy food. Um, and like you, I cannot deal with the heat. And I think combined, obviously. Uh, India has some of the best chefs worldwide and they'll obviously not just cook with spice but it's such a large part of their culture that a lot of it's always incorporated 
I think I don't know because I've not been there, but for me to think of spicy food and ridiculous eats, uh, it's just the worst combination. I'll tell you the worst thing you hear. Yeah. People always say, "I love this weather. I wish it was this temperature all the time." I've never understood that because if you're too cold, you put a jacket on. If you're too hot, what do you do? Take your skin off. That, that's <laughs> It's like it's like the now. So yesterday was twenty six degrees in Scotland. Um, and people are always complaining, it's always wet, it's always cold, it's always windy, and then you get the most gorgeous to everyone, everybody's going, it's too warm to go outside. No, I was literally just about to say that, like, uh, I hate that. See, like, and the thing is, it's, it's like, it's the same people that do both, and they're like, oh, I'm sick, I'm sick of this rain, I'm sick of the cold, oh, we've had snow in January. And then it come, becomes, and it's literally day, day one of being hot, and they're like, I'll tell you what, it's all, it's way too hot, way too hot. And I'm like, go and shut your mouth. <laughs> oh, dear. No, but the other thing that I wanted, wanted to know as well is, for me, similar to, to what you were saying earlier, Craig, I, I found out about... Uh, like cultures uh, as a whole and how much they can differ when I first went to Greece um, and I've been to a few of the, the Greek islands um, Kefalonia and Mykonos and Mykonos like that place um, and it's just it's, it's, it's mad how Greece is a, is a, is a small country right uh, in terms of like the world but they have probably one of the richest histories in the world, which is crazy, because a lot of people like think, "Oh, Greece, cool. That's um, did they did they not have like an economic downturn recently or something like that?" Oh, like, great, cool, that's great. But at the same time, like Greece conquered a lot of the, a lot of the world at one point. Obviously, you had the fact that like the Greeks and they weren't really a thing to be to be fair. It was it was like it was known as Greece, but you had like. You had Athens, you had Sparta, you had all these different things that were almost cultures and countries in their own right, kind of thing, which is really interesting. And that was probably what what sparked it for me, because we um, we went a tour and we went and seen like the, the like one of the, was it like the first Olympics were held and stuff like that, and um, we went and we seen loads and loads of different like like ancient ruins, Hadrian's uh, Hadrian's Gate and stuff like that. It's just so interesting, but I don't mm. know if you've ever been to a place where you've saw like a culture that's been just like something that you've wanted to find out more about, kind of thing. Just see when you're touching on the fact about Greece, etc. And obviously, a lot of your what you're leading to is a little bit of Greek mythology, because I know both you and I love it. Um, mm. Just think, obviously, a lot of that is based upon Greece's actual history, etc., and they've like glorified. Right famous warriors so like Achilles. Achilles was probably a real person and they've glorified mm-hmm. him almost into this god. Um, just look at how strong their storytelling is. Just look at cinema, look at games, look at music, how much Greek mm-hmm. influence has. And you're right, it's a tiny little country in Europe um, mm-hmm. but it's had such a reach and I think I'm right in saying it. it's also one of the poorest countries in Europe. Obviously, last couple of years haven't been great for them but um, yeah, I, I don't know if I've seen a culture and thought straight away I want to learn more about that. Naturally, when I went, I used to work for a Scottish company and then I went into a Japanese one. I had that focus because their way of life is so different. 
Um, so in that sense, I've kind of thought, how how can they do things so differently but be at peace? Do you know what I mean? Because you only mm. think about your little bubble and the, the way in which you act day to day and you're surrounding people. But I don't know, that's a difficult one. It's a difficult I, one. I think our own culture in a sense because just from what you learn growing up and, and where you stay and of relatives and friends and stuff, you you want to learn more about what was this country like in the past. So mm. we're all mm. in Scotland and I found especially when you go further up north or out on the west coast, there's much more history and more more of the country's left exactly as it was and when, when you, you dive into the history of Scotland, some of it's been pretty tragic there's been some hot, great and horrible things happening all in one and there's great places that are still surviving that are well worth going to see Yeah, even in the uh, past we, we, Sorry, Bundy, on you go I was just going to say, we're, we're quite lucky in terms of like like what you're saying there you're like, well, a lot of stuff like still being around because we've, we've got like some of the castles close by even just to where we live yeah. and like like I, I like I have multiple times been and there's been tourists who are from Asian countries, from other parts of Europe, America, Canada, and all that kind of stuff, North America, South America, and they've been literally been coming to new where we stay to go and see these castles. Yeah. And then that's when you kind of think, oh, like this is like flip side because I want to learn about their culture, but they actually want to learn about our culture. You know, a few of the unique things is that there's so many castles and big landmarks so close by because it's such a small country and as you say the whole food and drinks playing into a culture whiskey is a, a, a huge draw for many people to come to Scotland and um, even if you look at engineering look at the bridges the fourth crossing fourth road and rail mm-hmm. bridge or in fact a fun one I, I didn't even learn this until was it last year two years ago there was a lot of place in the west coast I think it was Inverary and um that was where the first ever turbocharger was was made for a car. I thought all the places <laughs> in the world for for that to come from, and I mean how widespread that technology is now is just insane. Yeah. I was um I was uh, so this is this is something that I have absolutely no idea about. Right? I, I just I literally caught maybe five minutes of this on TV the other night, but I didn't know that IBM started in Scotland, right. like the like the, the tech company. Yeah. And they 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 were like they were on this program basically saying that it was Scotland and IBM that ushered in this current era of technology, and people have then just advanced it, which I had no idea. But yeah, I had absolutely not a clue that 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 was up to like a like a Scottish company basically. Just think, three things that our countries gave the world: penicillin, the mm. TV, Susan Boyle. <laughs> I think we're going to say. I thought you were going to say something different there. <laughs> what do you think I was going to say? I was uh, there was there was quite a few like the, there's like ane- the annex the anesthetic properties of penicillin instead of even just penicillin. Um, like, uh, like technically, I don't know if the telephones still being claimed as us. Deep fried Mars bar. I mean, well, I, that's also true. A deep fried Mars bar. Um, Iron brew. Oh, the greatest drink in the world, and I and. Funnily enough, when you said that, I, I was watching a like one of the like taste tastes kind of thing. Like, I, I don't know, it's like you get like like news out like to do it on Facebook and stuff like that. And then um, it was like Michael B. Jordan, and he was like, "Oh my God, I went to Scotland once, and somebody asked me to try it, but and I love it." And he's like, "Anytime I go to the UK, I always ask, even if I'm not in Scotland, I'm in like, like England or whatever, I'll ask if someone can try and find me Iron Brew." And I was like, "That's class," because like. It is such a such like uh, such a unique drink. 
and you would and you just do not find. So it to do a comparison, we've talked about obviously the Japanese culture with the respect side of things, Italians about that sort of family love of home of all having food together, and then for the Scottish culture, we're talking about Iron Brew. Well, not just Iron Brew. But talk about Mars bars. <laughs> I'm, I'm only joking. I'm joking. And Mars bars, yeah, that's that's our contribution. But um, yeah. Was um te- technically I, another one I was thinking that you were going to say as well um was the um like the I, I think it was James Watt done the steam engine yeah that was obviously quite a big thing um paraffin. and then I I paraffin is uh, uh, one as well I know that um obviously you had like like the Alexander Graham Bell's like the like the first like actual telephone um. So I'm gonna assume that would probably still be us, even though there's a, a, a is it is it Ontario in Canada that have like a I'm sure that they've got like a water tower and it's something to do with ours and the Graham Bell Grand Keep moving there, you know. Um and then fridges, that was us. Was it? I didn't know that one. Ah, ah fridges. Uh William Tom. Hmm. You're not sitting on Google at all. No, I know <laughs> the only reason I know that because I, I ages ago, you know, as as a, I think it's the soup that's called like Colin Sink. Colin Skink. It's um, smoked Colin fish, pota- potatoes, leek, cream, etc. Yes, right, so that sounds it's disgusting to me. Yeah, it's amazing. What's that? I, I remember like like seeing that and being like, oh my god. And then I, I like googled like like what is it? And then it talked about William Colin. Uh, and then like how he invented the fridge, and I was like, that nah, that's that's a lot of nonsense. And then I looked at it, and it was like. I don't know what I couldn't tell you how long it was, but I, I, like, I, as far as I'm concerned, that was like a, like a long, long time ago, and they were like, "Yes, he invented the fridge." Remember uh, one of the worst. Jimmy, there's you know, there's, there's, there's actually been. On you go. There's been a lot that we've done, like because we done we also done bikes. Really? Aye, that was a. Uh, that was like the first. I'm sure the first pedal bike was 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 us. 100. I'm sure. I'm sure it was a blacksmith. So that's how long ago that would have been. Um, the toaster was. They're still they're still a thing, Bundy. They've not all died. They're not they're not dinosaurs. Do you know what I mean? They're still kicking about to this day. Nah, I've seen that. like you know what I mean. Like I'm talking about like the old blacksmith, like the dwarves and World Warcraft and that. And there's travel and culture. <laughs> the poster, that was us. Got golf. Look at what golf needed to golf. Oh, I, I wouldn't be proud of that one. I played golf this morning. It's easily the most rage-inducing sport you can play. It's got to be oh, up there, I'm, I'm, I keep thinking of ones. What about GTA? That was us. GTA is a, a yeah. gift. Aye. Are we just going to name everything that Scotland's contributed <laughs> to the world? I don't think we could because I'm actually impressed by it. Let's move on. <laughs> no, but um, I think obviously, like the, like like you're saying, you and I, like it's quite cool that you're interested in it because for me, like I, I'm not really interested. I'm like I'm probably more interested at this present moment in Scottish history and culture um, than I have ever been. But I just, I just, I don't know. There's just something about like living in one place that's so such a small place that. Uh, and I like I just love like for me like the place if I could move and live in would be Canada. I think it's such like an amazing place. It's a bigger and better America. Yes, I said it. So bigger and better America. And it's actually amazing. I find I find that 
when you stay in a country, you almost don't appreciate it as much because you think you see it. Mm. I mean, how often have you guys seen most of the major landmarks in the Central Belt? Yes, probably. But when you go out to the West Coast, it's like a different planet. It's it's bizarre how nice some of it is, and then you learn about things that you've never seen. For example, when you head out west, you see the the Crannan Canal, which was dug by hand because they didn't have roads or couldn't get ships in. So dug this canal by hand to transport goods into this really difficult terrain. I mean, that, that just amazes me. Uh, you've nailed it on the head that you don't really appreciate what's around you. So for me, every day when I'm working, generally five five days a week, I'll cross the Queensbury Crossing and you see that view of all the bridges um, and you just look at it like the norm. There's people that come from all over the world to see that. Because it is like you every day complaining about the traffic. You're like, oh Christ, <laughs> going over this bridge again. Um, anyone listening who's no, who knows me will be laughing their heads off at that comment. But um, especially work colleagues. Um, but think about that. You drive across that every day, and you just think, ah, oh, it's just just the norm. But when you actually sit back and think, how much tourism does it bring in? How many people come here and go, wow? And it just becomes normal. So for like me, I stay. I stay in a region of Scotland which has probably got the best coastline in the whole of Scotland um, that goes right around the area and I've walked around it, cycled around it, took the dogs and you just think, yeah, I'm at the coast, it's nice. But you actually step outside and think, Christ, I've got this on my doorstep. Yeah. But you don't, you, don't, you don't appreciate it, you don't. I think it's worth encouraging anybody, wherever you are, I'm sure, even if you look within walking distance of where you live, there's going to be some sort of landmark that you may not have paid too much attention to, or a landscape you've not seen, but probably mm. has some more history behind it. I think um, my next question, right, so this is going to be potentially a, a, like a, a tough one, I hope, hope not, right, but if you could go on your dream holiday, what would it be? That is difficult. I'll tell you, mate. Yeah, Google, right. give us, give us some inspiration. Hello. Oh, so, um, again, it's going to be Canada. Even I just literally just said that. Um, and it's there's uh, like one of the Great Lakes, Great Lake, Great Lake on, uh, which I believe is Great Lake Ontario. I may be wrong. Don't shoot me if I am. Um, but literally, so we went to go and meet up with one of my mum's friends who moved um, over to Canada to study for uni. And she met um, a guy who was like like the vice president of Slater's menswear when she was over there, um, and they married him. And we went to their log cabin, and this thing was an absolute mansion. It had a spire that separate from the house that was the garage on underneath, and then it had a staircase going right the way up, right through every floor. Well, waterfall, a waterfall that went down the middle of said spiral staircase and each level was a different like the rooms, kitchen, living room, etc. And this thing was nuts and then you had like a like a wee like jetty kind of thing and like a like a boathouse for the East East boat. And oh my god, like to go back there again it would be absolutely unreal. The guy had a wine cellar and his wife knew nothing about wine, so she'd just go <laughs> and take a bottle of wine. It could have been like two pounds £200, £2,000, like, and you would just go and drink it. Uh, unreal. Just amazing. Can I cheat? That and then, yes you can. So, a lot, certainly Ewan has, has been touching on it, is that almost the varieties of spice of life, and I, I don't think I could say 
this would be a dream destination, but for me, I would like to do short intervals in a lot of places. So rather than say, right, I'm going to go to Canada, which is obviously a gorgeous, gorgeous country, I would love to go and experience different things in each each area. So even come up with a plan. Say, for example, again, touching back on the drink side of thing, that I want to go to each country to try a major drink. So say, obviously, Scotland for whiskey. Say it's um, mezcal and tequila for Mexico and these sort of areas. I'd love to do something like that rather than incorporate saying, oh, I just want to go to this place. Because the honest matter of fact is, you don't really know until you're there. No. I think so. I've kind of got a similar answer to you. I mean, the, the way I would split it is there's three types of holidays in my opinion. You've got a relaxing holiday, you've got <laughs> an activity holiday, and then you've got a, a mad one, which would be drinking holiday with the boys kind of thing. So, in my opinion, drinking holiday with your your friends would have to be somewhere like Germany where great drinks, great nightlife but you can go see good football, it's nice culture, the food's amazing highly recommend that. Activity holiday for me would be like snowboarding in, in the Alps and good food, big wooden lodges good pubs and parties at night and then all day you're going down slopes finding bars halfway down a mountain with live DJs and stuff to me perfect and then relaxing holiday would be more road trip around Scotland and stopping at wooden lodges or camping or nice like hotels kind of dotted around and hidden away in the countryside and visiting islands and small pubs and stuff. I love that kind of thing. So for me mm. it would depend on what the purpose was. I remember like there was a, a company who was doing like like Almost kind of like backpacking all these to a certain extent, but you could go to like all these different places and that kind of stuff. And they would mainly do like Thailand or Vietnam and that kind of stuff. And then um, they they done, I don't know if they still do it to be fair, but they, they had one that was 124 days and it was eight countries. I remember it because I screenshotted it on my phone and it, it went to Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Sri Lanka, the Philippines, Indonesia, India, India, and Laos. And that would be. Unreal. Like, imagine just spending 124 days going or in all of the different kind of like places because those are all like some like someone's dream holiday, if you know what I mean. Because like people like apart from India and Craig, <laughs> you're fine. It's almost like if you could do something like interrailing, but across the world and not just in Europe or something, that that would be quite good. Yeah, just, like, that would be cool. But really, I think you need a, a private jet or a helicopter to do that sort of thing. I think. Well, I think I remember looking at the holiday and I was like, how do you get from like place to place? And it is literally like, so like you'll go for like, at, like your first one, you get you go to the airport, you get picked up, blah blah, and then at, like for like between like Vietnam and Thailand, you might fly, but other ones you can take to a ferry and stuff like that, and it's just whatever is available at that time. And it's it's not say because like you'll go to like if you're in Sri Lanka like you start in um, a place called Nagombo uh, and then you end up like next to Nagombo but you've actually toured basically like in a circle right around Sri Lanka so that'd be really cool because you're seeing like because Sri Lanka is one of the countries that's quite diverse and it's in its places in terms of it's like regional kind of thing so that. That would be really cool as well. I think that would be a, a minted, minted holiday. And if uh, if it was still the same price, it would only be eight eight thousand uh, nine hundred pounds. So, you know. Think of it this way though. 
is that money going to change your life? Oh, 100%. So, that's one way of thinking. I think the point that you made, Ewan, is spot on, digressing into almost dividing three different ways in which you're looking at it. Yeah. You're going to get different experiences from every country. That's just a no-brainer. So, yeah, I, that's a really good way to put it, actually. Even within a country, it just depends where you, where where you, you go, go, yeah. Or even when you go. I mean, countries change, some countries change massively seasonally. <laughs> yeah. Technically, that's also, when I was just doing the maths in my head, that's like 70 quid a night, basically. So, it's actually not that bad, because if you, if, you, if you went in for a week, you'd be like a £500 holiday. I mean, you're just, it's just that you're going for 124 days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a nightmare to pack for that long. <laughs> I, I would I would literally wouldn't the park, yeah, I'd just buy clothes as I went. I'd come back like looking like One like somebody like uh, that's exactly what I mean. But I would literally come back looking like Scythe, like the guy that sang Gangnam style. Like <laughs> I would be dressed like a... oh, I mean you'd never get the time off work for that, would you? <laughs> as if well, that's nice, it? Inspired. <laughs> I don't think um, you would come back. I, I think mean, most people wouldn't come back. I think they would find peace somewhere and stay. The the reason the reason I even uh, was thinking of, was thinking about it and looked at that for like genuinely like seriously was because I can do like a a thing where I get like six months um career break or twelve months career break and I was like do you know what like that would actually be like fitting in quite nicely which would be like the obviously the six month one so uh, and it just means I would like I wouldn't earn any money when I was away but when I came back I would I would have my job again so that would be quite cool. True. True. Mm-hmm. So if anyone would like to donate ten grand, I'll start a GoFundMe page. David, we'll go and send you away. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea, actually. Or here's the next episode of the podcast. You'd be like, ah, so Bundy has made it to Sri Lanka. Live updates every week. Joining us live from India. Oh, unfortunately, went missing. <laughs> haven't heard from him in two days, so we're just going to move on and we're taking applications for a new host. What we do? Don't replace him. That will not be happening. Anyway, Bundy, let's let's move on. <laughs> I think uh, just to kind of wrap things up, um, I know this has been more of like a free flow and kind of just just chatting. Um, if you ever watched Tim the Tatman on Twitch, just chatting, um, kind of experience I would say rather than me sticking to the topic but hey ho. Uh, I think to wrap it up I would probably like to ask a question on what has been your favourite experience that you've ever had either cultural wise or travel wise. Um, I'll start to give you a chance to think uh, and I'm going to say uh, uh, it's probably when I went to Malaysia, and um, luckily my uh, one of our members stayed there. She's a teacher, and um, she stayed literally right across the road for the orangutan sanctuary. Um, so we went there and seeing the, how big a part those orangutans and animals that are all together played in the Malaysian like culture, and the fact that they are so proud. Uh, what their country is and how it, and how diverse it is in terms of wildlife and nature. That was something that for me was was crazy because in Scotland we've got the most diverse culture in terms of maybe dogs because like no one's got the same dog. 
But apart from that, we have literally rabbits, and that's probably a deer, maybe. And yeah. um, whereas they had so many different animals, and each animal like was treated so nicely. It wasn't like a, when I say a sanctuary, I'm talking this place was just short of I think it was 144 acres, 144 acres roughly, uh, and it was a rainforest, and there was people who would escort you and like armed guards because there was obviously still wild animals that would roam in said sanctuary. Um, the only reason that it was still a sanctuary because they, that was them that would go and provide like medical treatments and all that kind of stuff to the orangutans because they had either been bought and sold or or like poachers had killed his family and stuff like that. But like the way that these animals were treated were probably better than they treated each other as humans, which was amazing. Um. I think for me it would probably be when I went snowboarding in France and we, me and my friend went in a, a week to Meribel, which is, sits right in the centre of the, the Three Valleys region of the Alps, and um, went to part of the resort called Courcheval. Now I'm terrified of heights and um, <laughs> not a fan of gondolas or chairlifts, but you were going up these mountains and as long as my feet were on the ground I was pretty much okay. And uh, what you find is uh, you've almost got a run cut into the side of a mountain. So we were up this mountain on our way down and you curl round the outside of the mountain. And you're at the edge of this, it's almost like a, fair, it's a fairly steep drop. And you're looking down into the valley and you can see helicopters flying through the valley. You're looking down at the helicopter. Jesus. That was just... <laughs> the only reason I didn't have a meltdown is you were drinking pretty much non-stop when you were over there it's amazing what a, a couple of beers does to your confidence when you're <laughs> I would die I would 100% die oh, don't get me wrong, there's times it was close <laughs> when you fall, all you see is like the snow spraying everywhere and you don't actually know if you've hit anything, if you've broke anything if you've landed on anyone or if you're still travelling through there, it is just for for uh, for next time I remember for an episode of Bear Grylls and he said if you ever get like like trapped in snow you have to like spit basically on yourself to see what direction it goes and that's down so then you know where it's up. I thought it was gonna be something involving drinking your own piss when you said Bear Grylls. <laughs> Survival tips with Bundy. <laughs> what about you Craig? Mine's is a bit of a mix of a few things. So um, I touched on a tiny little place in Corfu called Cassiope, and it's just—it's not very touristy. It's just a quiet little place. The people don't have much money, but I remember finding myself, <coughs> excuse me, um, sitting down by the coast, and there was this little restaurant, and the view is amazing because it actually looks over and you can see Albania across the water. Albania, um, <laughs> behave yourself, and. Um, yeah, we were sitting there and obviously ordered seafood, absolutely adore seafood. And the guy says, oh, you'll have to wait, we're just waiting on our delivery. So being a typical Brit, you're like, oh, waiting on a van full of frozen food. No, this guy pulls up on a boat with fresh catch, like literally still alive. And he goes, what do you, what do you want? I, 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 <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. And he pulled out seafood and I, I love calamari and I love octopus stuff like this so he prepared this octopus salad um, and I was sitting there and I was like this is insane and then the guy says do you want to have a better view of the, the front and we're like yeah that'd be great and he sat us in these seats but your feet were in the sea 
So your feet was literally in the sea when you're getting served the seafood, and you look back and you look at your normal life, and I can get quite stressed and quite worked up about work, etc. And there's that such such a busy environment within the UK, and you just look around and there's all these people sitting there just in complete peace around them, and I thought this this is amazing. I could sit here for the rest of my life and be quite happy. Um, for me, that that was sublime. So. And that does sound class though, if you're that's literally like that is the dream, eh? Like you're sitting somewhere with, with good views and like an experience where even though it was just like the fact that you were like in the sea like bit your feet and that's that's still an experience that you wouldn't usually get. No. And the fact that you've literally got that like like something unique in terms of a guy pulling up on a boat being like, All right mate, what one do you want? <laughs> it's going back to what we touched on earlier and um it was something you and brought up and I kind of spoke a bit about is that these people see that as normal and they don't see it as anything special. Yeah. Going back to the bridge thing like us in Scotland as an example, they just see that as normal and to actually experience it from another side, it's insane. And that's why I would tell people predominantly, obviously not at the moment, but travel when you can, see the world. Yeah. Don't don't be enclosed in this little bubble, especially within the UK. It's pretty depressing yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, that's so. stay on the coast. So what you could do is take a picnic bench down to the coast and sit and have a fish supper with your feet in the sea. <laughs> Could do. But it's still a similar experience. Jellyfish is one of the big issues in my way. But um, do you know what? It's, I know it's a bit of a cliche thing, but literally when I'm by the sea, that's when I'm at my most relaxed, and there's nothing better than dipping your toes in the sea and just walking around a coastline. It's amazing. But anyway. Side question, Craig. Have you ever been on a cruise? I've not been at well. I have to an extent. I took uh, the ferry from the Scythe and we went round Bo- uh, Belgium and Holland, but not a real Caribbean sort of cruise idea. Not not the big deal. I think you would really like them because they, they um, like at certain ports they will get like freshly caught um, like like seafood, and that's they usually have like a night where it's like the sh- like the chef's table, um, mm-hmm. and probably. Out of, out of the ones I've been to, I would say maybe six and ten have been like seafood mainly. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard them, but there was one that was snow crab legs, and obviously they are massive, massive crab mm-hmm. legs. And then it was in like a almost like a champagne flute, but wider, but it's but like really tall. Um, hence the but the legs were even still over the side, and inside it was like was like mussels, prawns, and all this all this different seafood. In like a broth, hmm. and like it just it sounds like it would be the ideal scenario. Certainly would. If I'm fed, I'm happy. <laughs> no, I am the same. But I, I think um, that should hopefully be uh, us for the travel slash culture slash tangent episode. Um, as always, keep an eye out on socials, Twitter. Ewan, what's the Twitter? At Diamond Podcast One. Yeah, Greg, Instagram, time underscore in underscore underscore podcast, or just to time in podcast and search, and I think we're the top top result. Nice, nice. I like it. We are top number one. Um, and then hopefully we should have um YouTube, Spotify, iTunes sometime soon. Um, at the time of recording, we don't, but hopefully by the time you're listening, we might. Um, and uh, as always keep our, our kind of feedback stream coming in if you can. We would like to know what you like or didn't like. 
Um, if you want to say that I'm the best of the hosts, then please let me know. Um, if you want to tell me that I'm shit, then please keep it to yourself. Um, but yeah, I know we want to, we want to know how we can improve and what you guys want to see. Um, Craig, anything for you? No, thank you for hosting me. Um, good subject. We could do a lot more with it, I think. But um, I think it's a no-brainer that we have to do a food episode for yourself and Absolutely. a drink episode for me. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely, that has to happen. I just I would literally just YouTube's go. up and run. It's maybe something you can make more interactive, so you can teach us how to make our favourite drinks, or Bundy can teach us how to make chips. <laughs> really I am. I'm actually. I, I'm. I'm making my my real specialty dish the tonight after probably after the podcast. I'm going to make uh, rosemary roast potatoes and black truffle gnocchi because I want both instead of having one. I'm having both. You and anything else for you? Nope, happy with that. I think that was a cracking episode. Um, again, like Craig said, you could probably dive into that with another few episodes or taking different angles at it quite easily, I'd imagine. Yeah, definitely. Oh, um, thanks everyone, and we will see you next time. Cheers. And another thing that we actually invented was the flushing toilet. But ironic given the Pringle situation, wouldn't you agree, Craig? <laughs> I didn't think he had a toilet. <laughs> <laughs>